Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. True Detective is back, and the Ringer's Chris Ryan and Jason Concepcion are our guides as we navigate the twisting pathways of season three's plots, themes, and characters on The Flat Circle, a True Detective after show. Follow Jason and Chris as they chase down leads, explore each episode's cultural context, and discuss true crime cases that mirror the ones in the show. Join the guys live every Sunday night after True Detective on the Ringer's YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Welcome to GM3, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Friday, January 11th, and I am joined on the line by the great Michael Lombardi. Before we head into Divisional Weekend, Lombardi, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tate Frazier. This is the best weekend of the year. This, without a doubt, this is the best weekend of the year. Four really good games. I mean, it's awesome. This is, the, this is the perfect time of the year. Well, most people that are hearing you right now probably are saying to themselves, well, of course Lombardi is saying it because of the you know divisional games this weekend. But I know you well enough to know that you're just saying that because it's been 20 years of Tony Soprano. I, uh, I can't believe it's been 20 years, but I know he's near and dear to your heart. And I miss him every day. I miss him every day. I miss, I, I, actually, the New York Post had this great video of like they went back and shot scenes where the scenes were i miss uncle jr probably more than anybody i miss yeah i miss some of his lines i mean you know and it applies every day some people so far race they actually think they're in the lead i mean <laughs> i could listen to uncle jr constantly and and i just the humor the I, I saw a thread online about the ending and i thought it was really good uh i think it was quinn some uh, wrote about it but look that show to me is near and dear to my heart i love it uh, I love uh, some of the things I saw Christopher do an interview the other day talking about things. It's been great. I, I, in fact, you're going to make me stop this interview later. I'm going to go watch an episode. I, you know what I like to do, Tate Frazier? I like to do. I got this from the great Corey Siegel up in North Jersey, one of mixed college roommates. You know, he likes to watch the first episode of the year and then the last episode and like do it for you. It's brilliant. I love it. So now let's get into the divisional weekend. We got a lot of football to talk about, a lot of big games going on. We're going to start uh, like we did last week. We're going to do everything in chronological order and just kind of break this thing down. So we'll start with the Saturday games. We got the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Reich said, doesn't matter. Uh, whoever plays the best is going to win the game. That's usually how that works out. Going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Probably the hottest team taking on the hottest team from the, reg- from the regular season. Uh, of course, talking about Patrick Mahomes and and uh, his MVP campaign this season. Looking at the spread in this one, Chiefs favored by five points. As you break it down, Lombardi, uh, you look at Andrew Luck, you look at this Colts team, you see how hot they've been. You see that they've won 10 of the last 11. Do you believe in the magic of the sixth seed of the wildcard team going into Kansas City and knocking off Andy Reid? Look, I think that they have done a remarkable job in Indianapolis. And I think, you know, what, what Frank Wright's able to do is really good. This game is going to come down to uh, who scores touchdown, who kicks field goals. And the Colts are really good in red zone third downs. They're the number two team in the National Football League at red zone third downs. Now, that being said, the Chiefs defense is one of the worst in football in defending red zone third downs. So, you know, theirs lies the game. But we know this, Tate Frazier. Just what I've heard so far, weather is going to be a huge factor in this game. Weather is going to be significant in the sense that when you look at uh, it's supposed to be snowy, rainy, cold. I mean, it's going to be all the, all the elements are going to be here. And I think that's going to determine. I think it, the key for the Colts to win is to eliminate the big play. If they can keep, if they can keep Mahomes from making the two-play drives and scoring like the Patriots did, then I think they have a chance. And this defense for the Chiefs, to me, is very, very skeptical in terms of their tackling ability, their ability to get off the field on third down. I think the Chiefs will win. I just would hate to give up. I think it's a field goal game. I don't think it's a five-point game. 
Let's talk about the demons that go into this game. If you just look at it from a, a Vegas standpoint, you just look at the line that was set. So Kansas City favored uh, by five in this game, and uh, they are the ones you'd look at the Rams who are at home against the Cowboys. They're favored by seven in that game. So just looking at that, Vegas, uh, a little worrisome about what they see with Kansas City. You talk about the weather. You also got to talk about the fact that, you know, just five years ago, we remember the 18-point lead that they had uh, at the second half, in, you know, at home against the Titans. And then they had, you know, a big lead against the Titans as well. They're 0-6 in uh, home playoff games. Last quarterback they had, that took them to a win was Joe Montana or Joe Montana, depending on how you pronounce that. Uh, but Pat Mahomes, I mean, it's his first playoff start. Obviously, 50 touchdown season, a lot of a lot of stuff going on with him as well. Um, and you look at uh, what they've been able to do uh, under Andy Reid in the regular season, but they've struggled, of course, in the playoffs. So are, is there a chance that demons come into play here and this Chiefs team kind of gets in their own head? Or do, do you see them holding up their end of the bargain and continuing to play like they have? Because, again, it is Pat Mahomes' first playoff game. Uh, that is one thing to keep in mind. I think the demons, I think Mahomes will take away all the demons. I don't think they'll be concerned. I think the concern, if you're a Colt fan, is Andrew Lux played four games in the NFL in temperatures less than 40 degrees. He's only played four games in under 40 degree weather. He averages just 6.23 yards per attempt. I think weather does affect him a little bit. His percentage of completion is a little lower, clearly his yards per attempt. And I think no matter what happens early in this game, because we know the Chiefs love to score quickly. They love to play from in front. That's what they do. Them and the Bears are typically the two best teams. The Bears, we said goodbye to them last week. So we know that. But the one thing I think about this Colt team is they're persistent. They are tougher than hell. They won't back down no matter what's going on in Moscow Square, because when you play in Kansas City, you are in Moscow Square. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you almost think Putin's going to do the uh, the coin toss here. I mean, it's really, it's all sea of red and it's loud. But the Colts are prepared for it, and I think Luck's prepared for it. I think he's got to play better than his numbers typically in cold weather. I give him a hell of a chance to win. I just don't know if they can close it down in the end, if they're good enough, especially on defense. The one thing I think on defense that gives the Colts a slight advantage is the Colts are a balanced defense. They play so much zone. They won't bite on all that motion and, this guy's coming over here. That guy's going over there. You know, like watch the ball drop. No, they, they'll play their zones. They'll look at the quarterback and they'll react to the football, not to the motions. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that, you know, if you look at the numbers right now, I mean, the most efficient offense in the NFL, of course, uh, is the Kansas City Chiefs when you when you break everything down. Uh, yards per play, 6.84 yards per play. That's obviously a, a stat that you point to most of the time when you look at what they're able to do as an offense. But you look at that Colts defense. I mean, they're basically, they've been the best defense as far as like points given up since week seven in the NFL. 16.4 points per game uh, since that uh, span, since week seven. So you look at that, it's, it's going to match up pretty evenly. And you talk about them staying at home, and that's what, Frank Reich, I saw in his press conference this week, he talked about the defense. They're going to stay at home. They're not going to bite on all these little motions and, and you know, these little things that Pat Mahomes is going to do with the no-look passes. They they are going to keep their eye on the football and keep their eye on Mahomes. And uh, I think it'll be a really fun game, an interesting game. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. That will be the first game of the weekend on Saturday. The next game on Saturday will be out in Los Angeles. A lot of people are calling for a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans to be in the building. Sean McVay, please. And uh, he begged to the people uh, not to sell their tickets to uh, their Cowboy friends, but we'll see what happens uh, on Saturday night. 8-15 we have on Fox. Rams favored by 7.5 now uh, in this game. Uh, Dallas 8-1 and one at home this season, 3-5 and five on the road. As they come into this one, Lombardi, do you see the Cowboys keeping it going for Jerry? Well, I think it depends on what, what Jared Goff we're going to get here. If we get the September Jared Goff, which plays four games, he averaged almost uh, 10.5 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, then I don't think the Cowboys can win. If we get to December, Jared Goff, where he averaged 6.3 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, six interceptions, I think the Cowboys win. 
I think Goff, when he's under pressure, I don't think he plays well. When he has to play fast, I've said it when he was a rookie, I'll say it again. I don't think he plays well. The last five games, he's averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. He's had six touchdowns, six picks. He's only had seven plays over 25 yards. I think McVay's under a lot of pressure. I think this is Gurley's team. He's got to get them going. He's got to make this really work in terms of the offense. I think the Cowboys can rush the passer. I think Austin Blythe, the right guard for the for the Rams, is a liability. I think they can rush inside and out. I think it'll be a close game. Again, I'm going to like the underdog here. I like the Cowboys. I'll take the points. I think it'll be a good game. Remember this, Tate Frazier. This weekend, home teams are 23-9 and nine going into this weekend. And with that being said, the last two years, uh, 2016 home teams were two and two. Last year, home teams were three and one. But that's a little skewed because the miracle in Minneapolis kind of skewed that. We were one play away from that being a two and two weekend, too. So we're going to see two road teams win, I think, this weekend. I could see it be the Cowboys. I think the Rams are the better team. Their defense worries me. I just worry about what's going to happen with the Cowboy offense. Can they play? effectively for four quarters or are they going to get too conservative and I hope they don't yeah and we'll uh we'll keep an eye on that we we've obviously seen a lot of uh confidence you know coming out of Dak uh this week after getting his first playoff win so that's something to keep an eye on as well a lot of people uh a little anxious here in Southern California I've talked to a few Rams fans that I know and they uh they're a little concerned about the Cowboys coming into town because of that defense and uh the clapper he just keeps it going for for whatever reason somehow he continues to do it that's great for this program and uh we will be watching that of course on Saturday night the next game that we have on the docket here Sunday game Chargers at Patriots uh, minus four uh, the Pats are favored in this game uh, 105 uh, is when this one kicks off on CBS as you look at this one Phil Rivers 0-7 against Tom Brady in, in his entire career uh, he was asked about this uh, Phil Rivers said he was well aware well aware uh, that he was 0-7 against Tom Brady so looking at this one Lombardi do you see the Patriots being able to hold up defensively because like you said last week the Chargers offense did not look uh, as top-notch as we had you know seen earlier in the season when you break down Rivers the last six games, he's averaged 6.88 yards per attempt. He's had six touchdowns, six interceptions. He's had just seven plays over 25 yards, and four of those plays came against the Chiefs. So they've only averaged 3.6 yards running the football. Their opponents average almost four yards running the ball. They've given up a bunch of yards. I, I, to me, I think Rivers is not playing very well. He hasn't played well the last month of the season. I think the Chargers will have a hard time getting to Brady. I think Josh McDaniels does a really good job attacking this type of scheme. He gets the ball out. Remember, this is the Seattle scheme. This is Seattle, the way they play it. The ball's going to come out. I think Derwin James will cover Gronk, but I do think it's going to be problematic for them as they attack. And with the week off, I think the, I think the Patriots will win the game. I think the, this road travel that the Chargers have been up against it will come to an end because I think it's too difficult to keep going back to back to back, playing on the road. Do I think the Chargers are the better team talent-wise? Yeah, I do. But the more I study the game, the more I feel like the Patriots will win the game because the Patriots, you know, will have a a solution for the rush. They'll handle Melvin Ingram. And I think that Rivers is going to have to throw the ball, but I'm not sure he can. And and even though the Patriots aren't great rushers, I think they'll be able to go on the right side of that line and, and, and put pressure on Schoenfeld. He won't block Trey Flowers. I think that Sam Tebby won't block over there at right tackle, I think that'll be a problem. And I just don't see this Charger offense being as good as everybody thinks they are. You know, the last three weeks, the six weeks, they're 31 for 75 on third down. And their defense has really held them in. The defense is 27 for 76 on third down conversion. So we know they're good on defense. It just comes down to can they, in fact, win this game defensively? And I don't see it.
Yeah, if you look at home field advantage, you talked about that. It may not matter so much because of the 2-2 two and two 500 record uh, this weekend, but if you look at New England and you look at the Patriots, uh, they do have a home field advantage. That is the one team that does. Uh, they are undefeated at home so far this year. But if you want to talk about betting nuggets, Chargers, uh, when they are an underdog, and when Phil Rivers himself is an underdog uh, in the playoffs, he is 6-1 and one against the spread with four outright wins, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. I want to ask you something, Lombardi. This is uh, like a team management, team choice uh, sort of decision. So they fly to Baltimore. And they play the first road game, the Chargers. They're already on the East Coast. We we hear all the talk, you know, about you know the the cross country flight and how that may affect the team. If you're already in Baltimore, if, if you are you know running the Chargers, is there a world in which I mean you don't have much of a home field advantage anyway? L.A. is sort of a you know a stopgap right now as you find your real home. So did, should you just stay on the East Coast so they don't have to worry about that cross country flight? Is that something that teams may do? I'm not sure if they did this or not. I'm just asking uh, what's your thoughts on uh, this. They didn't do it. They flew back home. I think that, you know, there's first of all, you got to get back on an airplane and fly somewhere. You need an indoor facility because the East, even though it's cold today, it's sunny. You got to go somewhere where you can assure yourself a chance to practice. Where would you go? You know, maybe you fly to Miami, fly anywhere. to Tampa, go, go down to the, the U and practice. Yeah. I mean, you go down there and now you got to fly another two hours down there. Oh, you yeah. got to fly another two hours. Back. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you lose your routine and look, they're used to it. I mean, it's what you do. I mean, we played, you know, we did it on the road. You just get used to it, and, and it, it wears on you a little bit. There's no doubt, these East Coast trips and the, the 10 o'clock starts. But, you know, they've had a week to prepare for it. They had a week last week to prepare for it. It's going to come down simply to who plays the best. It has nothing to do with time zone. It's about who plays the best. And I think the Chargers, when you really break them down the last six weeks offensively, have not played as well as the perception is out there on them. I think their defense has played well. But I think this quarterback, Tom Brady, I don't think he's playing great, but I think they'll be able to make plays with them because I do believe their scheme doesn't know how to attack the Gus Bradley defense. This is something that Cousin Sal pointed up on against all odds, which I thought was pretty interesting. But he said, you know, he thinks the Chargers are the better team, but he thinks it's just going to come down to Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. And uh, he doesn't trust Anthony Lynn in that situation. I mean, is is that something as simple as that, where he can get out-schemed regardless of the talent that's on the Chargers? You know what I mean? I think there's no doubt. I think coaching plays a huge element in this round. I mean, look, I think it's, it's you know, you're always going to go with a GOAT. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. And, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> against him when it's against Anthony Lynn. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I think the Chargers have done a great job. I think they'll move the ball. But, you know, this going to be, you know, weather's not going to be a factor. It's going to be cold, but who cares? I think you're going to have to prove that you can do it. Can you stop Tom Brady? Can you stop him? I don't see them doing it consistently. I think Melvin Ingram's great. I think Bose is great. But I think they know how to get the ball out quick, and I think they will. And I do want to point out, I've seen I've seen a lot of people all over the world uh, pointing out that Phil Rivers has never beat the Patriots, so that's why they cannot uh, bet and pull for Phil Rivers. He did beat the Patriots, Lombardi. He beat Matt Castle. He just didn't beat... That was the year that Tom Brady got hurt. That was in 2008. So he has beat the Patriots before. All right, Lombardi. Uh, before we move on, let's take a quick break here to talk about Roman with two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35. Most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care. Some shave their head. Like MJ. Do it like MJ. Some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there are FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. And when you get to roman.com slash ringernfl, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting rooms. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping and discreet packaging. 
Discreet package. Make sure that you know that it's discreet. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving the Ringer NFL show listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L. Back to GM Street. Let's get to the fourth game that we have, the final game of the divisional weekend. We got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints favored by eight in this game. This will kick off at 440 on Fox. Obviously, this is a game uh, that last year the Saints said that, you know, in the offseason, Alvin Kamara came out and said uh, a bunch of stuff about how, the, you know, they wish they could have played the Eagles. Uh, the Minnesota Miracle, obviously, was Stephon Diggs knocked them out of the playoffs last year, so they missed out on their chance to take on the Super Bowl champs. Now they have their chance at home to take on the Eagles. Uh, Nick Foles coming to town. As you look at this one, Lombardi, do you see the Eagles keeping it going uh, and the Super Bowl champs keeping the miracle run, I guess, year two? I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. It's not going to be nothing like the last game. But I do think the Saints will win. I would take the Eagles in the points here without a doubt. Uh, I think the Eagles, I think when you really break down Nick Foles, you ask yourself, how good is he playing the last two games? Uh, when you watch him, he's 6.67 yards per attempt. That was against the Redskins. You know, four touchdowns, three picks. He just has three plays over 25 yards. The Eagles' defense is the untold story of this of this resurgence. Nick Foles has played well. Alshon Jeffries played well. But really, the, what's, what's turned it around for Philadelphia has been their defense. They're 6-1 and one the last seven. They've only allowed 28 first downs to be converted out of 87 attempts. They've forced 10 turnovers. They play just 27 minutes of defense. They're off the field. Yards per attempt is down. All that being said, the Eagles have struggled to run the ball on the road. This year, they averaged 3-1-3 in the last seven weeks. So I think the Saints will have a really good game plan. I think Schwartz does a great job defensively. I think this is going to come down to a situation where I just think the Saints over 60 minutes are the better team. I think it'll be a really close game, though. I think the Eagles will cover. I think it'll be a close game. I could see it coming down to a field goal at the end. And I, I think it'll be a great game. And you mentioned that defense. I mean, Tim Jernigan is a guy you got to talk about. Fletcher Cox, you got to talk about him as well. And obviously, Michael Bennett. I mean, the three of those guys have made a lot of things happen for them. But we also have to talk about Week 11, which, I mean, I don't know about you, but that, re- that game really sticks in my mind when I think about this Eagles team. And it kind of, you know, it worried me and, and maybe maybe not so much of a believer for quite some time until, obviously, the past four weeks with Nick Foles. But they get blown out in that game 48-7. to They give up. 546 yards and of course like I said 48 points against that Saints team so I mean Sean Payton obviously has the formula you know on how to handle this defense but is it that uh distinct of a different group now on defense from what we saw in week 11 it it sure seems like it as we've watched them the past few weeks but uh, I just still can't get over the fact they gave up 48 points in that game you know they were playing uh City Jones the slot they you know now they're playing LeBlanc LeBlanc is a kid we signed as a college free agent in New England really a good kid uh, he's one of the only kids I've ever met in my life. He's from he's from Belgrade, Florida. That can't run. I mean, that's rare. <laughs> you know, everybody from Belgrade can run. He just doesn't have great speed, but he's a tough as ass kid. He's got great football instincts, and he plays in the slot. And it really helps this Eagle defense as they get spread out. And it's made Schwartz, you know, be able to do some things. I think he's been the turnaround along with Jernigan, along with Fletcher Cox. Look, the strength of the Saints is in their offensive line. That's why the matchup. You can't tilt it towards the Eagles because they can block the Eagles. Not all the time, but they can block them, and Breeze will get rid of the football. It's going to put a lot of pressure on the third corner of the Eagles. Can they hold up on the outside, the double moves? I mean, we saw Chicago have chances to make big plays, but once again, they felt just, you know, the ball was slightly overthrown. The receiver had to lay out to get it, slightly too high. 
you know, Brees isn't making those throws slightly too high or slightly laid out to get him. Uh, I think, to me, I think the, the LeBlanc has been one of the keys to the Eagles' turnaround and getting Sidney Jones off the field has been the other. Yeah, I want to do a better roundup of the actual picks that you make because I have people uh, you know, getting all upset saying, well, what's the actual pick? So as we go through them, so the first game, we got Colts-Chiefs. You're going to take the Chiefs there. I'm going to take the Colts to the points. I think the Chiefs win. Somebody okay. put a million dollars. Somebody put a million dollars offshore on the Chiefs. Somebody bet a million dollars offshore on the Chiefs. I can't believe it. And oh, by the way, Amazon, you know, uh, Alexa from Amazon, she yes. predicted the Eagles will upset the, not that we're looking for her advice, but, you know, like, what the fuck does she know, as Bella said to say? <laughs> like, what the fuck does he know, right? Anyway, Alexa, let me say, she likes the Saints, she likes the Chargers, she likes the Rams, and she likes the Chiefs. Those four. Now, here's what I like. I like the Chiefs and the points. I like the, okay. the, the, the Colts and the points. I think the Chiefs win. I like the Dallas Cowboys and the points. I think the Rams win, but I could see Dallas winning here. But I'm taking the points. I like I like the Patriots, and I'll give the Chargers the points. I like the Eagles. I think the Saints win, and I'll take the points with the Eagles. All right, there you have it. Michael Lombardi rounding it off, wrapping it up, and uh, letting you know everything that you need to know uh, if you are going to bet on football this weekend. Uh, before we get out of here, Lombardi, quickly I want to ask you about uh, some of the hirings that just happened uh, here in the NFL. We we got uh, away with Matt LaFleur right when that happened when we recorded on Tuesday, so we knocked that one out. That was good. Uh, but we got to talk about Adam Gase, a guy that we, we talked a little bit about his backstory and his relationship with Peyton Manning and uh, sort of uh, how he was viewed around the league and how at one time John Elway was maybe going to hire him to come in and take over for that team, but instead he goes for Vic Fangio but first, let's talk about Gase. Gase goes uh, to the New York Jets, and now it's going to be working with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold said he feels really good about the hiring of Adam Gase and is excited about his future with him. So as you look at the New York Jets operation, you look at Adam Gase and what's going on there. Uh, what's, your, what are your, what's your first takeaway uh, for the gangrene uh, as they hire Gase and bring him up to New Jersey? I don't think he's going to bring his defensive staff with him, which I think certainly will help him. I think mm-hmm. the, key con- the, the key is he's got to be able they got to get better players. I mean, I know, I, I know they fired Todd Bowles, but they need, I wrote it for the Athletic today, they need talent pretty much everywhere on their offense. They need a big-time runner. They need some receivers. They, they need to fix that offensive line. So I think it's going to take Gase a little bit more time than just, to, just turning around Sam Darnold. I think it's going, to be, it's going to take that. But, I mean, look, I think they got an experienced head coach. And one thing about hiring a guy a second time, most fans hate second-time coaches. They think they're retreads. But in reality, if they've learned from their mistakes, then they can become even better. And if he's willing to admit those mistakes, he can become a better coach. So we'll see how that works out. But, you know, I, I think the key is going to be they got to get better talent at the Jets. I mean, they really, in four years that Todd Bowles was there, this talent level is not very good. They got to improve the offensive line. Kelvin Beecham's their left tackle. They got to get a better right tackle, Brandon Shell. Brian Winters, who they paid, I'm not sure he's good enough. Spencer Long, they tried to play at center, but he had trouble with the snap. They moved him over to left guard. And then skill-wise, I mean, Kirsch is a good receiver. You know, Robbie Anderson's good. But they need a, they need playmakers. They need some juice, as John Gruden said. Give me some fucking juice, you know? And, mm. Uh, mm. and so uh, I think they're going to need some juice. Well, you got to hope the juice is worth the squeeze. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the New York Jets uh, with their situation with Adam Gase. But uh, exciting times there for Gang Green. They've uh, made a decision. Another team that made a decision the uh, Arizona Cardinals, we did not uh, record. We were already off the air by the time this was decided. But Cliff Kingsbury uh, was with the USC uh, Trojans for about a month, a little over a month, I think a month and two days, uh, and then decides to go to Arizona. 
Yeah, he, hey, Frazier, he took that program as far as he could take it. He did all he could. He, he put his stamp on the program, and he, he just had to move on. Yeah, it's all he could do. Uh, but he goes to Arizona, and now he's going to be working with Josh Rosen, a former UCLA quarterback, ironically enough. And now uh, the Cardinals have their new Sean McVay, as they're saying. He's worked with Pat Mahomes. He's worked with Baker Mayfield. Both those guys maybe underachieved underneath him. But regardless, he knows him, and now he's a head coach in the NFL. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kingsbury? Obviously, uh, a lot of Arizona fans are excited about this. A lot of people are, you know, raising eyebrows at this point. But uh, it sort of falls in the Lafleur territory where you're going after this young offensive guru uh, and you're trying to find a head coach for the future uh, in the same vein as Sean McVay. I, I like Cliff. I, I think Cliff's a wonderful guy. I think he's going to be a challenge. I think he better have some people on that staff to help him because it's more than just coaching the quarterback at this level. I think he's going to have to have find somebody who can utilize some tight end. Now they did a Texas Tech to a degree. You can't leave your edges open in the NFL or else Rosen will be carrying them off in a body bag. I mean, it's not going to be, you know, you just can't do it. So you're going to have to protect yourself a little different. The protections are going to have to change. Uh, it's going to be on Steve Kime to get better players. I mean, that's really going to be the issue again in Arizona. They're not very talented. They've got two talented players on defense, Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. But this offensive line for Arizona is a really collection. It's a hodgepodge of bad players. They've got to fix that. It's, it's been going on for a while there. It's been it's really been part of the reason they've been so unsuccessful is the fact that they can't protect. So I think Cliff's got a tough job. I mean, look, Cliff brings experience. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a little bit on the job. It's the trend of the league. Look, I mean, Zach Taylor, they say, is going to get the Cincinnati Bengal job. Zach Taylor in 2016 was calling plays for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah. And they were 99th in the country in offense. Look, I did say, we said it on Tuesday. Sean McVay's fucking neighbor, he's going to get a job. I mean, this guy's already putting together a staff, you know, he's just waiting. What I love the best, the best line I read, and I, and I think this is a tribute to Sean McVay. Sean McVay said very clearly, look, I'm way too young to have any, any tree. And he admitted that. And I think he was telling people, stop, stop. But nobody wants to listen. I, I give Sean so much credit for saying that because he is too young to have a tree. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are just trying to to find the next big thing, the next the next guy, the next McVeigh. And I mean, you said that on our podcast on Tuesday, and then I get on the internet, and there's memes being made about you know if you met Sean McVeigh at Subway, you might have a chance to be the offensive coordinator for the Bengals or whatever it may be. And you know, people are making it making it into a meme at this point. Uh, McVeigh's trying to get ahead of the story, but uh, it, it is what it is. I mean, it is a flattering situation for him, I'm sure, but also he understands how uh, you know stupid it is, honestly, <laughs> to be quite frank, because uh, you know he. Is too young. He has not been around, and he has Wade Phillips in a room with him. That's why he brought in a guy like Wade Phillips. Because even if you do bring in the young, you know, the young Gohar, the young uh, new guy that everyone's excited about, you still have to bring in uh, some sort of veteran experience. So, uh, speaking of veteran veteran experience and a guy that uh, is a vet on the job, Bruce Arians gets the job down in Tampa Bay. Uh, at one time, he said that he really uh, did not have much interest in the Tampa Bay job, but then he, you know, came out and said he did have interest, and now he takes the job. He has Jameis Winston down there in Tampa Bay. As you look at that situation with Bruce Arians. I mean, it seems like a pretty exciting move, right? I mean, a guy that knows the NFC uh, pretty well, at least, uh, especially the NFC South. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I was shocking. Bruce didn't only team he wanted to coach for the Browns, and he took the Tampa job. I mean, it's a little, mm-hmm. little different direction, isn't it? You know what I mean? But look, I think you get in that booth, you miss it. You know, you want to come back, and look, the key is going to be Winston. I think he's got to do it. Can Brian Leftwich handle the play calling? I mean, that's going to be an interesting hire. Uh, I love Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator. He'll make them better on defense. So, look, how long does how long does Bruce want to do this? We know he had medical issues when he was at the Cardinals. So, I, I, I think look, Jason Light needed to save his ass. He did with this hire. Is it the best hire? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. 
but I think it's a good hire. I think he gets a proven head coach now. Where's where's Bruce's intensity and his love and all that? I don't know. But for what to save your job and guard your desk, probably the right hire. Yeah. And uh, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, Bruce Arians wrote a great book about, uh, you know, being able to mentor quarterbacks. And uh, Jameis has obviously gone through a lot uh, w- with, you know, just his play on the field and, you know, what he's been able uh, or what he's not been able to do uh, for his football team down there. So we'll see what happens when Arians comes into the fold. Uh, I want to bring up one more headline before we get out of here. Actually, let's talk about Freddie Kitchens as well. Kitchens gets the job with the Browns. Uh, we'll be working with Baker Mayfield. Uh, we talked about what Kitchens was doing just on hard knocks, what we were able to see in that limited amount amount of time on the air of what you know kitchens was saying in meetings and we both appreciated that lombardi so uh do you think that's a good move for cleveland to stick with freddie i I mean i'm happy for freddie i think it's great i mean he showed at least of all the people that we listened to last summer he was the most intelligent one and made the most so he wins Mm -hmm. he wins the election one little nugget here uh justina anderson just reported on twitter that vance joseph will now be the defensive coordinator of the arizona cardinals which is an interesting hire for cliff so well, it's experience, right? Head coaching experience. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully Cliff won't listen to him for game management experience. I hope that <laughs> happens. You know, so, uh, but uh, again, and you know, look, I, I had heard that Vance had a real good chance to get the Bengal head coaching job, but now we know it's Zach Taylor's job. So, you know, these coaching hires, it's interesting. The experience doesn't matter. Uh, I just, I hope that there's somebody in every one of these organizations that helps support the coach because these jobs are so hard that you're going to have to find somebody that you can trust and count on to do that. And we'll see, but uh, I'm not sure that'll happen. I know who that somebody is Lombardi. Uh, and he goes by the name Huey headlines. He's got the experience. He'll sit right by, he'll sit right by your side. Bring him in. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor should just keep him on staff. Well, you better find out. I mean, I haven't heard his name mentioned anywhere. I'm putting it out there for the first, uh, first report. This is uh, the GM street report. We're going to put it out there. Huey headlines. He's available. Yeah, he wanted to pick Carson Wentz. They stopped him. I know, I know. Maybe he can, maybe he can go to Philadelphia or, or try to trade for him wherever he goes next. We'll see what happens. Uh, we are very excited about the divisional round of football. Uh, we are going to be locked in on all these games. I know Lombardi and I will both be uh, watching, tweeting, uh, getting ready and prepared for the show on Tuesday. We appreciate everyone listening to GM Street. Lombardi, any more? Th- one last thought before we uh, we head out of here. Anything else uh, for divisional weekend to keep an eye on? Take Frazier, just make sure you got lots of chicken wings so you don't have to go anywhere. I mean, it's supposed to snow back east this weekend. What a better, what a great weekend to, to have snow, watch games. It's so much fun. I mean, this is really enjoy it, embrace it. A little Sopranos in between, you know, you can watch a little bit of that. I think it's awesome. I, I'm so excited, and uh, I think it'll be awesome. I think it'll be a great weekend, and what, what better time to enjoy it. And get some juice, bro. Love you, man. Get some juice. Get some juice. We will uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Can't wait to uh, to talk about all these games. And again, uh, this is GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We will see you on Tuesday.